Hi, my name is Amber Benson from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I am going to be the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Enjoy. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 152 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and, of course, TV and movie DVD releases, plus our interview segment with someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we have a great guest coming away. It is Amber Benson. Now, of course, Amber played Tara on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and... She is an author, and she has a new book out called Serpent Storm. We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot of other things that's coming up in just a few minutes right here on On Screen Beyond, so stick around. And, of course, last night it was Oscar night, and overall I think it was a pretty much a typical Oscar night. Uh, there was, you know, somebody dropped an F-bomb, you know, so that's that's something. But one of the couple of things that I thought would really neat was I thought Kirk Douglas did a great job when he went out there now you know he's getting on in age and he has his problems that uh he's uh you know had some uh medical problems but he, he did a great job and he was funny and and i was surprised how active he really was because i hadn't seen him for a while but um, he did a great job with that and uh, then the other thing that i kind of thought was really neat was when they had bob hope introduce robert downey jr and jude law and after seeing how they did that i mean it was amazing how they did that uh, but with the technology we have now, we could actually have Bob Hope hosting the Oscars once again. I think that would be great to do the whole show with uh, Bob Hope being the MC for it. And it, it would be really neat. And, and, and like I say, we have the technology how to do that now. And uh, that would be a, a really different thing uh, for the Oscars. And I think that it would skyrocket the uh, ratings on that. So uh, maybe they'll do that someday. But uh, that, that I thought those were two two things that were really kind of neat on the show last night. And, of course, King's Speech won for Best Picture. And uh, so there were a lot of... A lot of interesting thing. King's Speech is a great film. If you get a chance, check it out. All right, what do you say? It's time now to check out what's coming your way as far as releases in March. That's what we're heading into this week. And remakes are coming up. Remake Madness coming out in March right here next on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, in March, as far as releases coming away in theaters, the remake of Jane Eyre will hit theaters on uh, March 11th, and it is rated PG-13. Also on March 11th, this is sort of a uh, remake. It's uh, Red Riding Hood, okay? It takes the children's classic story and sort of puts a new twist on it, you know, sort of a, a, a deadly one, but uh, it brings to life uh, the story with Amanda Seyfried and Gary Oldman, and it's produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, so that's one to check out, and that's it for remakes coming away in March, but coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as new movies starting with March 4th, it's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
Ethics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. March releases in theaters. Well, it looks like on March 4th, you can catch Johnny Depp as the voice of Rango in the animated comedy adventure. It's set in the Old West, and Depp is a chameleon in the film. Also on March 4th, take a look at Take Me Home Tonight with Topher Grace and Anna Faris in a raunchy look back at the past in the 80s, and it's rated R. And the Adjustment Bureau with Matt Damon and Emily Blunt is rated PG-13. Coming up on March 11th, that's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. March 11th in theaters, you can catch Battle Los Angeles. It's about an alien invasion. And Mars Needs Moms with Seth Green and Joan Cusack in an animated film from Robert Zemeckis in the style of Disney's A Christmas Carol lands in theaters. And March 18th, you can catch Beastly. It's about a guy who's obsessed with looks, and he's turned into a beastly-looking shadow of himself. It stars Neil Patrick Harris, Vanessa Hudgens, and Alex Pettifer. It's rated PG-13. And on March 25th, catch A Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2, Roderick Rules, as it hits theaters on March 25th. That's it for movies coming your way in March. Next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD coming your way in March. TV on DVD, well, it looks like March is going to bring us March 1st, Leave it to Beaver, Season 6, Napoleon in Love, the miniseries, and Pioneers of Television, Season 2. On March 8th, look for Hannah Montana, Season 4, The Walking Dead, Season 1. March 15th brings us Coach, Season 4, Laramie, Season 1, The Virginian, Season 3, and Who Do You Think You Are, Season 1. March 22nd. The Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Season 2. And March 29th, look for The Bullwinkle Show, Season 5. Dennis the Menace, Season 1. Here's Lucy, Season 4. And Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, Season 2. And, of course, we've had our interview with Kevin Sorbo earlier. You can check that out in our rerun sec section. And Mad Men, Season 4, will be coming your way on March 29th, along with Upstairs, Downstairs, Series 1. Series 2, and the complete series, the 40th anniversary. And also Vegas, Season 2, Volume 2, and Xena, Warrior Princess, Season 2 will be coming your way. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD in March. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies coming your way in March. Well, March 1st, you can catch... 127 Hours with James Franco, Burlesque with Christina Aguilera, and What If with Kevin Sorbo, and of course, Bambi comes your way. And on March 15th, look for The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg and The Switch with Jennifer Aniston. And on March 22nd, How Do You Know with Reese Witherspoon, The Tourist with Angelina Jolie, and Yogi Bear with Dan Aykroyd. And on March 29th, Disney's Tangled comes your way along with Black Swan. That's it for movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to be talking with Amber Benson, of course, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer, everybody knows her from that. She's also a very good writer. She has a new book out called Serpent Storm. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things with her, and it's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today, my guest on On Screen Beyond is an actress, a writer, a producer, a director, and she's best known for her acting side as being the role of Tara McClay on the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She has authored several books, including her latest called Serpent Storm. It's Amber Benson. Amber, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, Amber, I want to congratulate you first on the release of your, your new book, Serpent Storm, um, which is actually the third in a series. Is that correct? It originally started out as a trilogy, but um, the books have done so well that they actually contacted me for two more. So there's actually going to be five now. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, is if, if you know, we were going to see more, but uh, so that's good. Can you tell us a little bit about Serpent Storm? Well, Serpent Storm sort of wraps up this trilogy that started with a book called Death's Daughter. It's basically, the, the series is about a, a girl named Calliope Reaper-Jones, whose father is uh, Death the Grim Reaper, uh, and Death is run like a corporation, so he's the president and CEO. And when he gets kidnapped, uh, she has to come and run the business. And, of course, she wants nothing to do with it. She wants to be a normal girl. She works in, you know, the, the, the magazine, well, she wants to work in the magazine sort of fashion world in New York, and she's just like a normal girl, and she's kind of thrust into this supernatural world. And uh, Death's Daughter started the, the, the sort of the arc, and then Cat's Claw was the second book in, this, in the series, and then Serpent Storm sort of wraps up her journey um, and, and how she sort of finds herself inextricably uh, uh, brought into the supernatural world. Hmm. Now, how did you come up with this storyline? How, how did you, you know, develop it? You know, I just, I, I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be interesting if, if death was a corporation? You had, <laughs> like, this hierarchy to death. And then wouldn't it be kind of cool if, like, your dad was, death. <laughs> he sort of ran the company. So that's sort of where the, the genesis of the idea came from. But this character, uh, Calliope, just sort of emerged fully formed, kind of like, like Athena springing from Zeus's uh, 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 head. Uh, she just presented herself to me, and I was sort of like, wow, I, I, I've got to tell her story. She really wants me to tell her story. So, uh, mm. so she sort of bosses me around and makes me write. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty neat. That's it. I like the the uh, you know the the concept behind that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I, when you were growing up, were you a fan of the supernatural stories and things like that? Yeah, I I, I have to admit, I'm a bit of a geek. I love fantasy. I grew up reading Ray Bradbury and Diana Wynne Jones and anything anything paranormal I could get my hands on. I was so curious about like what happened after we died. I think. These books are also sort of my way of presenting a world in which you don't just die when you die. You kind of go on to another existence. Mm -hmm. my, my mash note to that. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> now, you've written other books, too, right? Uh, you know, of course, uh, the, the Ghosts of Albion stories. Yes. Uh, Christopher Golden, who's uh, my mentor, he and I wrote a, a We actually did an animated program for the BBC called uh, The Ghosts of Albion. Um, and... Uh, we did two of those, and they did so well that we actually um, ended up novelizing that universe for Random House. So we ended up doing two 
few novels of those characters for, for Del Rey, which is Random House. Hmm. And uh, one was called Accursed, and the other one was called Witchery. And they were really fun. We had a really good time doing them. They're, they're sort of dark fantasy with a Victoriana sort of twist to them. And, uh, yeah, Chris and I really enjoyed that. So we, we actually are working on other things. We, we like working together. Yeah. He's my... He and his family are my Boston family. They're my they're my East Coast ah. people. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you were writing this this book, Serpent Storm, you said that basically she's she's telling you what to do, telling you what to write, and everything. Do you find that uh, to, the way that you seem to write when you know all your books? Do the, does it just seem to flow out when you're writing it? When it's going well, it does seem to just be sort of coming at me from the collective unconscious. Uh, and then there are other times when I, 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 you know, I rewrite something 15 times. I'm just like, ah, I just want to pull my hair out. It's just not working. So I, I would say the majority of it flows, but every now and then you get kind of held up on something. Yeah. And invariably it's something that you shouldn't have written anyway. You're like, oh, they didn't want to, like, do that. They want to do this. So mm-hmm. they've been stymieing me. My characters won't let me because <laughs> they don't want to do that thing. So it's, it's interesting what they let you do and what they don't let you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so can you give us an idea of any direction that you're going to be going in in the next books that will be coming out? Or Well, I'm, I, every book sort of deals with or deals with, with lots of different mythologies, but it's, it specifically deals with a certain each book deals with a certain mythological canon. Like the first book dealt... Um, with uh, with the Hindu canon, and then the second book was the Egyptian canon of gods and goddesses, pantheon of gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. And the third book is more of like the uh, the, the sea and uh, Japanese sort of uh, gods and goddesses. Um, so the fourth one is going to have an Aztec player. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's gonna and it's going to be kind of a mystery. The, the, there's a mystery sort of feeling to all three of the, the previous books, but the fourth one will be. More in that vein, even there'll be like a bigger mystery with, with within which she sort of has to Callie has to sort of find her her sort of detective-y sort of side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so with, when you're writing these, um, naturally, of course, this is all made up in your head and everything. But do you find yourself doing research into different aspects of, like you say, the the Egyptian and the Aztecs and things like that? Definitely. I I love mythology. I, I'm a big fan of Joseph Campbell and Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um, so I actually know quite a, you know, I've done a lot of reading on mythology just throughout my life. So for me, the harder, the harder part was, was fashion for these, this character loves clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know all that much about fashion. So I had to, that's what I did a lot of research on was like, what is Prada? What is, you know, uh, um, God, I don't know. My brain, yeah. who was Mark Jacobs? You know, like all these <laughs> things that I didn't know. What's Barney's? You know? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, so then, if that was the difficult part for you, why did you choose to make her a fashion person? Um, because I wanted, I wanted her to be more of a typical girl. A lot of these urban fantasy books, the the heroines are sort of tough, and they're sort of given their powers, and they never really question them. They always just sort of, you know, hit the ground running. And I really wanted to create a character who was kind of fallible, who made mistakes, who was kind of immature. And uh, over the course of the, the trilogy, I, you know, I wanted her to have this arc so that you would see that she was growing and learning and becoming, you know, a, a more mature person as, as she, you know, went through the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you can love fashion, but you also have to know that there's a balance right. between like, spending all your money on a pair of shoes and, you know, helping to, you know, 
keeps evil from taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> now, was writing or acting your first love when you were growing up? Uh, acting was definitely my first love. Mm -hmm. um, I loved being on stage and having people clap at the end of whatever you're doing. <laughs> really? All <laughs> <laughs> about the applause. That, that, that's what won me over. <laughs> so that so that's how you you decided to go into the the acting business. Yeah, well, I did. I was very uh, hyper kid, and so my mom put me into all these different after school activities, and ballet was one of them. And uh, I ended up doing the Nutcracker Suite a number of years. And uh, for a number of years, and uh, I loved being on stage, but I didn't really love the ballet part. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I appreciate ballet; it's beautiful, but it takes a lot of discipline, and your feet hurt a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a coward, so <laughs> pain. <laughs> so, but I did. I found myself enjoying being on the stage, and that's sort of where you know the, the love of acting came from. Was just you know being somebody else on stage. It was very appealing. Do you remember what your first acting role was that you got paid for? Yes, I do. I um, I played uh, a dwarf in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at the Birmingham Children's Theater in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I was one of, of Seven Dwarfs, and I got chicken pox. It was nine. I got chicken pox during the run of the production, and they had, I think, one or two performances with only six dwarfs because I was so sick. <laughs> Which dwarf were you? You know, they, they gave them different names. Oh, I was they the did. worried one. <laughs> oh, okay. I was the worried one, yeah. <laughs> So, so how did it come about that you got the role of uh, Tara on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? You know, I just auditioned for it. Oh, you did? I yeah. Actually, yeah, I just it was just a random audition, and uh, you know, I think Joss had sort of had a different type of person in mind for the part, and Marty Noxon, who was you know one of the writers and producers of the show, she was the one that sort of championed me hmm. and uh, pushed for me to get the part. Yeah. Now, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you you also had the opportunity to sing on the show. Um, I did. Did you enjoy doing that part, the musical episodes and things like that? Oh, my gosh. I was like, can't we do every episode as a musical episode? <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. I, yeah, I loved singing. I you know grew up doing musical theater, and uh, I just was uh, so, utterly entranced with the, the process of making a musical. It's so much fun. Yeah. So you had no... I mean, a lot of times people will do, you know, shows will do a, sh uh, a show that's a musical, and some of them have no actual experience with singing. But you, you were comfortable doing that, right? Oh, yeah. No, I've always, I've always sung. Um, Tony Head and I, and I mean, Emma Caulfield sings, um, Nick Brendan sings, you know, James Marster sings. You know, Josh knew that a lot of us could sing and had, had sung previously. Yeah. So I think he was pretty comfortable with throwing us into, into the craziness. So you, you guys had, you were probably thrilled to have the chance to do that. Oh my gosh, yes. I was like, I got the best song, yay! <laughs> <laughs> what was the most memorable moment on the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for you? Oh, for me, probably, um, the, there's an episode called The Body that, uh, that, that uh, Buffy's mother, Joyce, passes away during, during the, you know, the course of this episode, or... And it's all about dealing with death, and, and it was the first time that Willow and Tara, my character and my character's girlfriend, actually kissed um, on the show. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's such a beautiful moment, and the, the episode itself is just so beautiful. It's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Do you see many of the, uh, the people from the show anymore? I do, periodically. You know, you run into people, or, you, you know, someone will, you know, have a baby shower, and you see them. Uh, it's tough, though. Everyone has kids now, so once... Once someone has a kid, you never see him again. Right. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. So, uh, now, you've been on uh, the TV show Supernatural also. Did it kind of feel like you were going home to appear on a Supernatural-based show again? Oh, definitely. Any any place where there's, like, uh, uh, monsters and uh, they, they pour blood on you and beat you <laughs> up, like, I'm home, you know? <laughs> uh, it was great, though. I had such a good time. It's such a good set. Those guys, just they're the nicest. It's really, really a lovely place to work. Yeah, that that show. I I was when I was doing the research. I, I looked. It, it, you were on in two thousand six, I believe, right? Yeah. Something like that. It, I didn't think the show had been on that long. It, it doesn't seem like it's been that long that it's been on. I know. I was on in their second season. So. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. yeah it, it goes by fast, boy. <laughs> I couldn't. When when they called to say, you know, we want to bring this character back, I was like, that just. Oh wow that that was four years ago. It did not feel like four years ago. <laughs> See, that's the thing about a, a Supernatural-based show. Uh, it doesn't matter who's been on, whether they've died, whether they've, you know, it doesn't matter. They 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 can bring them back. Because <laughs> and never, it's, I think it's soap operas and Supernatural shows. Right. <laughs> if you die, it doesn't matter. They yeah. resurrect you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, who were some of your acting ex- inspirations while you were growing up? Oh, gosh. Um... I love Albert Finney. I'm a big fan of his. Oh, uh, Catherine, yeah. Pat, Catherine Hepburn, Carol Lombard is probably one of my all-time favorite actresses. I love those screwball comedies from the, the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about writing, as far as writers? Now, you mentioned some earlier, but uh, were, were you strictly more into the sci-fi, uh, supernatural-type uh, stories for inspiration as far as authors? Um, you know, I read a lot of literature, um, and then I also, you know, read a lot of, of children's fantasy. So it was sort of a mix of the two, you know, Jane Austen on one hand, and then, you know, Ray Bradbury on the other. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Russian literature. I love Dostoevsky. He's one of my favorite authors. Hmm. And, uh, and Herman Hesse is another favorite author. Now, now how I want to you... write literature, but of course, you know, you never write what you want to write. You write what you, your brain tells you to write, which is, you know, I seem to be hardwired for fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did you find the time to write? I mean, you've done a lot of writing since, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think back. When you first, when was your first book published? Was it? Oh gosh, it was a while ago. <laughs> Probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. So, so you were, you know, you're acting at the same time as you're writing. How do you find the time to do the do both things and keep and keep your lines straight? <laughs> you know, you spend so much downtime on set when you're an actor. You mm-hmm. know, if you're there, you know, sixteen, seventeen hour days, and you're only working four of them, actually, you know, doing the acting part. There's a lot of sitting around waiting for you know someone to come and knock on your trailer door and tell you to go to makeup or to you know go back to the set so I spend a lot of my time reading and then become this thing where instead of reading I'm writing yeah yeah so you so you would spend a lot of time just coming up with ideas and jotting notes and things like that 
Exactly. And, you know, I, I like to think that I, I have a laptop and we'll travel. You know, have laptop, we'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it nice and easy, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't know what we did before computers. I know. Like, <laughs> You've mentioned that you're going to be having uh, a couple more books coming out. Any more acting acting things coming your way? Yeah, I just, uh, I just did a, a film uh, this summer called Dust Up that'll be coming out next year. It'll probably be on the festival circuit. And then uh, I actually co-directed a film that premiered at the Slamdance Film Festival called Drones, and that's coming out in April. I'm not in it, but I did, I did, you know, direct, co-direct it. So. <laughs> did you enjoy doing that, directing? Oh, it's awesome. I love making movies. Mm-hmm. That's where the two, my two loves meet, the acting and the, and the writing, you know? Yeah. You're making a film, and you're taking all of the components and, and you know mixing them together. It's really fun. Yeah. Now, is there any chance? I, I know this is probably a bad question because you don't know. I mean, uh, but <laughs> any chance that uh, the uh, Serpent Storm and the the previous books in that series and the next ones to come out might someday be molded into a movie or anything? Yeah, we've actually been taking some meetings. There's some interest. Um, but I want to be involved, so that makes it really difficult. <laughs> they see the author, and they're like, no, 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 no. But, but I, I want to be involved yeah. with, with whatever, because this is the world that I come from, the filmmaking and television world. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking, you know, I've, as, as many people as are interested, I want to find somebody who's interested and is willing to let me sort of be involved. Yeah. So that's kind of a, that's a, that's a tall, tall deal. Usually they just want to buy it away, you know, and do what they want with it. Do what it. they want with it, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to me it makes sense that the... If you've got the person who wrote it, they they know it, they live it, they they breathe it, and they're the ones who are going to make it into. If they enjoyed the book, then you would be the one that could make people enjoy the film. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I think probably the hesitancy is that you know authors most of the time don't come from the filmmaking right. world, so there's this sort of. I think they think there's a disconnect. Oh, well, you don't know the filmmaking world, so, you know, you may have written this great book, but you don't know how to make it into what we want you to make it into, which is kind of silly. If you're a writer, you can pretty much write in any medium, I would think. Yeah. You know, although although I don't write poetry well, so well, maybe. That, that's, <laughs> that's different. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that would be kind of neat to see, see that uh, turned into a, a film or a film series, you know. That would be, would be good. I would love it. Yeah. So, would you star? As, would you be willing to star as the the lead character? No, I'm too old. I gotta leave it to the to the young bucks. <laughs> so now, what about? Um, uh, we're gonna go step away a little bit for a second here about uh, from all the things we're talking about your books and your films and TV and all that. But um, what's your favorite TV shows of all time? Oh gosh. I was a big Scooby Doo fan. Scooby Doo, <laughs> hey! <laughs> I think that that dovetails nicely into uh, what I do for a living now. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I've never been a huge TV watcher, mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, I'm more of a film film buff than a. Well, that's my next question. What's your favorite movies of all time? Oh my gosh! You know, I'm a big fan of Preston Sturges. Sullivan's Travels is a, is a favorite of mine. And uh, Chinatown, obviously, is a classic, and it's something I love. And then I love the Indiana Jones movies. I could watch all three of those over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what about last night when the, the Oscars? Did you watch the Oscars? I didn't watch the Oscars. You didn't? 
I'm one of the only people in the free world that didn't. But uh, <laughs> had you seen any of the, uh, the the ones that were nominated for Best Picture? I'd seen I'd seen most of them actually. I'm, I loved Black Swan. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, Amber, I want to uh, thank you because uh, this is this has been fun, and I urge the listeners to be sure to check out all your books, not just your, your newest one, but you know, especially your newest one, Serpent Storm, which is just out in bookstores now. And I want to thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. And I actually also have a, a middle grade book called Among the Ghosts that uh, came out in October. So it's like a ghost story for the younger set. So that's also out there, too. So. Oh, okay. Gee, so, <laughs> so you've been busy. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to keep food on the table. Geez, that's great. So, well, thank you very much, Amber. Oh, thanks, Brian. This was great. <laughs> What a wonderful guest, Amber Benson. I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us. And if you get a chance, check out her book, Serpent Storm. And also check out all her books because, I mean, if you're going to read Serpent Storm, you might as well go back and start with the first one and work your way up to that one because uh, some great books. Check them out. And... uh, Thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us. And I also want to remind you, uh, well, well, let's talk about the uh, Oscars a little bit more here. I just want to throw out a couple of the things if you haven't uh, heard. Uh, Melissa Leo was uh, from The Fighter, was the actress uh, in a supporting role winner. And uh, best animated feature was Toy Story 3. And Christian Bale, The Fighter, uh, was uh, best actor in a supporting role. And actress in the lead role was Natalie Portman for uh, Black Swan. And uh, The King's Speech, actor in a lead role, Colin Firth. So those are the winners uh, of the major categories. And uh, we, uh, of course, have those listed on onscreenandbeyond.com. You can check them out. And while you're there, check out some of our past interviews. We have uh, some interviews with Oscar winners, Oscar nominees. We have Golden Globe winners. We have uh, Spirit winners. So we have all sorts of things. And some of your favorite TV shows of the past and the present. They're all there at onscreenbeyond.com. And if you have a suggestion that you would like us to uh, have somebody on the show, send us an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see about uh, getting them on the show. We'll see what we can do for you. And uh, that's about it for now. It's a wrap for another show here, and I hope you'll join us next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond. Till then, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 